Let's get hyped! Welcome into the Husker Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, and our special guest on this particular game week ago with no one else other than Jack Mitchell, who has to straddle the line between having in-laws from Iowa and Nebraska never winning this contest, or at least having not won it since 2014. Jack, welcome in. Thank you. You know, it's it's funny because this game, unfortunately, in many seasons has been sort of an afterthought, right? It, you know, maybe season's already gone d- downhill. Maybe there's a coach that's going to get fired at some point. Yet it's still, no matter those situations, for me personally, in my heart, this is my Super Bowl, okay? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the records. It doesn't matter the insignificance of the game to everyone else. It means everything and i mean everything to me so i am dialed in i am ready to go we're ready for friday it's time i find myself really curious like if you have to go into the jack mitchell hatred rankings and we know iowa is one yes and you go through the rest of the conference who who is probably like two three and four for you like who do you hate the most after iowa okay so i it's tough between Wisconsin and Michigan. It's tough for me between those two. They're definitely two and three in some order. Um, probably Wisconsin two, Michigan three. And then I'm going to say four is Minnesota. Wow. I mean, that which has mm. risen. It, 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 I don't know. I don't I guess I dislike Ohio State like everyone else does, but it's just sort of like a generic distaste for them. The emotion isn't in it as the much of the, as much of the rest of them. So I think my current rankings would go uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, as it stands today in late November 2021. Is 13 Maryland or Rutgers? Uh, I kind of cheered for Maryland basketball a little bit because I picked him in the NCAA tournament in 2002 and, and they won it with uh, uh, in, in the, yeah, with Juan Dixon and Blake and, and those guys. Yeah. And so, like, you can do the whole starting lineup if you want. Well, we can. And so, like, I had a little bit, and everybody liked Duke or North Carolina. So I thought I was being kind of, uh, I, I, that was like my interesting, unique thing about me. And I was like, oh, I'm a Maryland guy, sort of. And <laughs> you, you were an ACC hipster. <laughs> I, I was. I was. And, my, you know, then. So I sort of like quasi adopted them because I had no other sports joy in my life whatsoever. And so I try that, but my heart's never really in it, but I think that would keep, so that would probably keep Maryland in the bottom spot for me. Although wait, 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 you were with me when uh, I watched a basketball game against Maryland. Right. And I had a strong distaste for Bruno Fernando. Oh yeah. Like I said, (laughs) these, these things fluctuate pretty extensively during the course of a, a month or even an hour. You know, if you ever just need more content in your life, you could just offer these up as a weekly ranking thing during the season. So I get a lot can, of clicks. That's what we journalists like. Along. Lots of clicks. They'll know the uh, the Jack Mitchell yeah, hatred meter. They'll know the rankings and everything. You guys could syndicate it. I can make you tons of dough. <laughs> well, hourly. Hourly. <laughs> hourly. Wow. Around the clock. All right. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's dive into this. I'm, I'm getting up in the middle of the night and I'm like, all right, how do I feel about Indiana today? We need, we need like a ticker. We just like a constant ticker of like Maryland good. up, down. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, like cool. this, it's like the CNBC of my disdain. 
I, I like this idea a lot. We'll look into it. We'll see if we can incorporate it uh, going forward. All right, we're going to head start on the offensive side of the ball for Nebraska. Going to look a hell of a lot different. BC, what do we know about Logan Smothers as it stands right now? He's played a little bit. This is his second year in the program. He's not going to have a red shirt, much to the dismay of some very vocal members on our message board. Uh, and what what do we know about Logan Smothers at this point? Are they over that now, though, that he's going to no, start this I game? I don't know. I don't know that they'll ever get over it. It was right. – uh, yeah. we have a long history of having a message board, and it would rank amongst one of the most fake outcry things I think hey. I've ever seen. Well, but. Real quick, Mike, in, in their defense, all I can think about is the fall of 2028 right now and what the quarterback situation is going to look like. So I don't blame them. <laughs> So what do I know about Logan Smothers? Yeah, That's the question. What do we need to know about Logan Smothers? Fill us I know in. I, I know I've used the header Logan's run ten to fifteen times already, and I need to stop. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta put a, a, a stop point on that. Um, he's fast. He can he can run now, as coaches say. Um, I mean, the big question with Logan uh, is is the throwing, and he's in his spot appearances. He's done some nice stuff, and honestly. We've seen backups come in to even blow out games before at Nebraska and everything kind of goes into the quicksand, you know, it's like they don't score again. And I have, I have felt good at least about watching him in his appearances, how the offenses continue to operate in those, even though those were blowout games and against Michigan state, I thought he came in and it was a big stage and they're backed up on sort of their own, you know, 10 or 15 yard line. And they played with tempo and got about 40 yards, and then his offensive line fall started twice on him, and so it blew up the drive. Uh, but, I mean, that so there have been parts where you're like, okay, if we see that guy who looks like he's not phased by the environment and he's coach's son who can process stuff quickly and they keep it simple for him, uh, it could be pretty interesting. Uh, but I think his feet are going to have to be a big part of it because I think that's his best weapon. Brunt's – on Saturday against Wisconsin, we saw some marquee step. We saw some Brody Belt. I don't know where he came from, but Marvin Scott the third is alive and he was used. Uh, what what do we make of Nebraska's running back picture? We we know that Savion Morrison is gone. Gabe Urban cannot play. We have limited knowledge of what the status of Ramir Johnson is going to be. What do you think it looks like at running back to help out Logan Smothers? against Iowa. Well, you didn't even mention Jock Yant, who was, was the fourth running back but didn't play because of a coach's decision. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's the simple answer. Like, it could be – I don't know. It's like every week it's like a surprise party. It's like, oh, like Marvin Scott scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie it against Wisconsin, and he, like, wasn't even part of – like – he hadn't even traveled, had he? Like anywhere besides Wisconsin? He so, had it one time, yeah. But like I I I would not count on Nebraska's running game to be any kind of significant mitigator of stress for Logan Smothers on Friday. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they find something that they can piece together. Maybe they run some option. Maybe maybe that's in the bag of tricks. But um, my my answer basically since the first bye week about Nebraska's running game has been, I don't know. 
I really have no clue. And the fact that there's a new coach there too does not add to any kind of clarity on what's going on there. That's the kind of insight people subscribe for. Thank yeah, you. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just shooting you straight. Oscar insider, Michael Brunt. I don't know. <laughs> I, I Maybe I should just start just speaking with a lot of conviction about who it's going to be and just really go all in on cooper jewett i agree with i agree with you they could put they should put one of those big birthday cakes in the backfield for this first play and see who pops out of it yeah for everyone what you really need to do is just speak with a ton of conviction and then finish it with basically saying that you have no idea yeah you you wind up and you build up and then it just pays (laughs) off with man i'm not really sure but but we're gonna find out on friday (laughs) by the fourth quarter we'll know uh, Jack, I, I don't know if people know this about you, but uh, the the position that you've lamented over the last decade that Nebraska has not utilized enough has been the tight end. Do you feel like, having seen uh, Austin Allen just 13 yards short of a record-setting season, that they have gotten enough out of Austin Allen? And and what is sort of your your uh, your view of of his time with Nebraska as this will be his final game? On no. Saturday? I don't. I, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but no. Um, and I'll tell you what, my my prediction is he's he'll be in the NFL uh, at some point, and we're going to be watching Mike on on Sundays, and he'll be beating the Vikings with somebody, and UNBC will be saying, and everybody will be like, why didn't they throw to them him more over that long career? Like that's my that's my prediction, and I, but it's just been. It's been up and down this year, and it's kind of crazy. Like, I didn't even realize he was on the verge of those single-season records um, or had had gotten them uh, until just this week. I, I wasn't even aware of it, and I was kind of like, I'm sort of surprised a little bit because there were, there were a couple of games. You know, Wisconsin, I think Minnesota, he had particularly big games. But that just goes to show you, right, <laughs> just how little how little this the tight end has been a part of offense over, you know, several several coaching staffs here. At this point, so no, I still think I still think it's it's part of the toolbox that Nebraska they've gotten better at. But when Nebraska plays opponents in the Big Ten, guys, we talk about being ready for the Big Ten or or not quite understanding the style of the Big Ten. How consistently do the Wisconsin and Iowa tight ends um, and maybe Minnesota tight ends just gash Nebraska, right? It, it, and that just hasn't been a significant part of the toolbox. The recruiting's in the right direction. What they did this year with Allen um, and the depth of the position, I hope it's it's that step in the right direction to make that a really – and you guys can, can talk to this better, but, you know, with and maybe it's a more potential re- fertile recruiting position for Nebraska. You got a better chance of bringing in uh, a five-star tight end than you do a five-star wide receiver. And so, hey, you play to your potential recruiting strengths with that too. Brunt's mentioned this on the, on the other podcast, but just to reiterate – Tight end is also sort of a position that I think Nebraska can find locally and find guys that can be potential different makers as well locally too. I mean, Ben Bramer, who I just saw, uh, 2023 commit, uh, he's going to be really good. And he's basically already six foot five, 190 pounds, put more weight on him. It's only going to get bigger. I mean, similar, he, the size of Austin Allen is what maybe separated him, but the athleticism of some of these guys coming through and just right here in Nebraska where Caden Helms, is going to Oklahoma and Michael Riley Ducker is going to Auburn. And I, I think tight end is going to be a position that Nebraska can absolutely find. And then one other underuse of Austin Allen I'm disappointed by 
I'm disappointed we didn't get news after that video he put out that he was going to, before his NFL career, join the Nebraska basketball team as a designated rebounder, like a Dennis Rodman-style rebounder only. Uh, just a missed opportunity for Fred Hoiberg and his staff. I, I'm a little disappointed that throughout his career, he didn't block a single kick for Nebraska. Shouldn't he have been somewhere in the middle of the field goal? Is he on kick block? Is he on kick block? I don't even know that. What do you think? I mean, Zach Potter made a whole career out of it. Uh, yeah. so I, I would imagine that Austin that, Allen, even taller, could have uh, could have at least gotten his hands on one of them, right? Jeez. Get the special team coach, the pit highlight tape from 2004. It was a huge, amazing win. I, no one, everyone still talks about that game all the time. <laughs> it's, it's an all-time classic. All right, moving over, defensive side of the ball. BC, do you have any worry that this unit that has had to play things so tight, they've had to keep Nebraska in games, they've played well up into 11 games so far, do you, do you worry that they might be showing a little bit of signs of breaking with the, the big Braylon Allen performance from Saturday? Or is that just a you know really good team, good scheme, and, and they caught Nebraska on an off day? No, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that group. Um... And in part because, I mean, they have like three new guys who are sort of being thrown into the mix now and at key spots. I think Damian Daniels, you could, everybody would say JoJo was probably the MVP of the defense, but Daniels is in that discussion because he just changes the game. And I don't know how available he's going to be against Iowa. Uh, Scott Frost said potentially he could give him something, but it, it, it sounds iffy and he didn't play really in the second half against Wisconsin. And as I was watching the Badgers run it late, I kept thinking, man, it'd be nice if Damian were out there for this group, you know, because he just sets up other guys, you know, that even if his stats don't show it, he's the guy who's making things happen. And if you think back to last year's game against Iowa, Iowa couldn't block Damian for the first three quarters. Remember Iowa had about like a hundred rushing yards or something like that before the fourth quarter. And he played about 45 snaps. So if he's out, that's huge. And Nash Hutmacher, I think, is going to be a good player. But you know how it goes. It takes a year. It took Damian like three years before he could play against Iowa and Wisconsin. It takes time there, and that's where you worry. And Blaze Gunnarsson's going to have to have you know the game of his young football career, you know, tomorrow, and, and probably playing a lot of snaps against his home state school. Miles Farmer's probably got to play better at safety than he did. If he's in for Deontay, I thought he probably had some bad angles. So those three guys kind of with the fatigue that you are bringing up possibly mentally and physically, that does worry me a bit. Bruns, what, uh, what do you think happens with Cam Taylor Britt? Do you think this is his final game as well? Yeah, it's uh, Travis Fisher was talking on Monday and I asked about, Dismuke and Deontay, and he quickly corrected me that he had four seniors uh, mentioning Cam Taylor Britt as well. So, I mean, between that, the Senior Bowl invite, it seems like things are kind of headed that way. Um, I, I thought, for the aside from the kind of shoulder shimmy tackle he tried to make on Braylon Allen, I thought he played really well against Wisconsin. I think he's shown that he's willing to be physical for the most part against the run plays the pass fine. I, I, I think it's, he's another guy that it's, it feels like it's time. I think he was 
kind of considering it last year too. So I, I think this will probably be it for him just based on reading tea leaves and, and everything else. But, you know, you, you think about it. I mean, the, the guys that are graduating out of that secondary with Cam Taylor Britt, assuming he goes, the two guys at safety. I mean, that, that's a lot of snaps that they've played in the four years that Scott Frost has, has been the head coach at Nebraska. And a lot of those older guys are going to be responsible for kind of bringing along these younger guys that are going to have to be counted on next year. Jack, what area of Nebraska's defense do you feel most confident that they can transfer from success the last couple seasons to having success again in 2022? Oh, it's, I mean, without question, it's that linebacking core. It's, it's probably the most exciting part of the team for me right now. Um, The, 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 not only just kind of the, the relative youth that you've got there, um, some depth, some guys who seem like they still have some, you know, some development in them, uh, but was one of the strengths of the team. And, and I think just too, especially Reimer and Garrett Nelson, um, and you can throw Henrich in there too, but those, those, those three, those first two, especially, I don't know. There, there's just a little bit more, there's a little bit more panache to the way that they play from the linebacking core that I just feel like you just haven't seen in, in so long. It's been the most exciting thing for me about this defense this year. I think it's been the key to the defense being as good as it's been is the play of, of those three guys in particular. And so, I mean, I think that's, that's really, honestly, that's the, the foundation for the team right now for the future. If you've got optimism about this team, it's, it's about the defense continuing to be solid and that will be going forward with, with you guys talking about Williams and cam um, leaving here. Eventually you're going to lose some more, some of those guys on that uh, defensive line as well. That's got to be it. Not only for the defense, but for the whole team. All right. It's oddly specific prediction time. Everyone's favorite segment here. Uh, Brunch will only get to use Austin Allen one more time. Sad. It's today. So we'll see how many specific predictions are related to Austin Allen. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what he ends up doing. Uh, and here we go. We'll just go ahead and start with Michael Brooks. So this is oddly specific predictions. Yes. Not picks to click. So I think this is one of those games where I was going to, going to use the tight ends. I think we're going to see a lot of passes to the tight ends. I think, uh, I think I was tight. I got two of them. I, I think I was tight ends combined are going to catch 11 passes in Friday's game, one touchdown. And on the Nebraska side, I, I think the defense is gonna gonna get after Iowa a little bit, even though they're gonna have some success throwing to the tight ends. I'm going to predict four sacks for Nebraska's defense. I think you're gonna see two from Garrett Nelson, one from Ben Stilley, and I think you get a bonus from Feldarius Payne. All right. No, 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 no. That. There's a name that yeah. we haven't heard in a while. No, not Feldarius. I, I, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Blaze Gunnerson. He grew up an Iowa State fan. He grew up with a hatred for Iowa. He's ready to make it happen. So Gunnerson for one. You've got Nelson for two and Stilly for one. Those are your four sacks. All right. Jack Mitchell, what do you got for us? I'm going on the defensive side of the ball, and the thing that is keeping me sort of having that glimmer of hope 
throughout the season and then again into this week is that sometime the law of averages has to kick in with, with the way all of these games end. And one of the things that it seems like the law of averages is especially due to kick in on is Nebraska getting an absolutely key turnover, gaining an absolutely key turnover late in the game and not only gaining it. So there's three, there's three things about this. The law of averages has to kick in. Number one, that Iowa, I'm going to say fumbles. Okay. But then as we've seen so many times, I'm pretty sure Nebraska leads the nation in fumbles caused, but not recovered over the last 20 years. And so, so they're going to get a fumble. And then the other thing is every time Nebraska gets turnover, I I'm yelling at my TV. You've got to score on the return because if it's, if it's first and goal at the 13, everything's out the window. So I am going to say law of averages kicks in in the fourth quarter in a key moment in that quarter. And to get oddly specific about it, I am going to say Ben Stilley, probably the sack that Brunts is talking about. Ben Stilley gets a hit on, on, on uh, Iowa's quarterback, right? Who, who fumbles the ball. And we're going to say Luke Reimer picks it up. Reimer looks like he could have maybe had three touchdowns this year on pick sixes or other things. It is the complete law of averages play that ices the game for Nebraska in the fourth quarter. And it all happens in a period of about five seconds, because when things go right, it seems like that's how it goes for Nebraska. So that's what I'm going to say. Stilly on the hit Reimer with the scoop and score. I'm going nuts. Tears of joy flowing down my eyes, weeping openly in the crowd. And uh, that's how we celebrate black Friday. All right. I will. Uh, I'll go next. My oddly specific prediction is that Nebraska will score on Friday running the Philly special in which Xavier Betts is going to throw a touchdown pass to Logan Smothers. That is how Nebraska will score one of their touchdowns I like it. on Friday. BC? Uh, I was going to use Xavier Betts, too. Okay, uh, I well, think I'll take I... some other wide receiver if you want me to open up Xavier Betts for you. No, he can do both these things. He could do that and do this. Um it's going to be a struggle for the offense, but there's going to be that one lightning bolt play of like 65 yards uh, from Smothers to Betts. He catches it in stride, makes a house call, 65-yarder. I also think Chase Contreras is going to get some opportunities and make two field goals. Okay. How many attempts? <laughs> He's gonna get two out of seven. He's gonna he's gonna be two for two. Two he's for gonna two. Hit, he's gonna hit a thirty-one yarder and a surprising forty-two yarder in which it gets like wildly tweeted about. You know, like he made a sixty-eight yarder even though it's forty-two. All right, Bruns, give me your score prediction. Or, uh, no, it's pick to click. Sorry, pick it, to click. It's pick to click. <laughs> and for one last one last ride, I feel like I should have had a video ready to go that I could play narrating. Some Sarah Walkman? Yeah, me walking slowly as I think about Austin Allen being my pick to click. <laughs> I think for the first time, we're going to see Nebraska try some kind of back shoulder fade, and Austin Allen is going to go up and moss somebody. He's actually going to use that six foot nine frame for good. <laughs> And so you get you get an Austin Allen touchdown, tearing the ball away from an Iowa defensive back. Uh, and I think he's going to end up with, I'm going to say, 78 yards receiving on seven catches. So I, I like Austin Allen as my pick to click. 
All right. My pick to click is Ben Stilley, who will get the sack that Brunts has predicted and force the turnover that Jack has predicted. Ben Stilley will click on Friday. BC? Uh, let's see. I think I think Jock Ant is going to pop up in this game. The coach's decision is over. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to run wild, but I think he's going to be sort of the lead back. Although I am going to say this about Jack Wesley. I feel like in our fan base, this Nebraska fan base here, it's like that he's become Jim Brown from a, and he's let's, let's slow it down a notch. People are acting like if, if Jack Yan isn't around, like the whole ship goes down. I think, I think we need to slow our roll on that, but I think he gets back in the equation and has a solid day. So the coach's, de- recap, the coach's decision as he plays. 47 yards is a – yeah, <laughs> something like that. To recap, BC's pick-to-click is a guy that he also says people need to slow their roll on. Well, no, I, they can have optimism, but I, it's like people have acting like he's uh, Mon Green. I mean, look, come on. You can have optimism, but make sure it's tepid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack. Yeah. Well, first of all, I like how Brett said, uh, finally, Austin Allen can use his 6'9 frame for good. It's like, has he been using it for evil in the past? Like, it's just walking gone around unused. And taking, taking children's toys and putting them on high shelves or something. I've, he he hasn't <laughs> blocked a kick. He hasn't, he hasn't gone up and stolen a ball from anybody. I, I don't think he's even dunked a football over the crossbar no. after a touchdown. Wow. But all of us who are not 6'9", I think he should appreciate that. I agree. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm excited. The last one is left for me because no one took it. And, and Mike Schaefer can confirm this. I, uh, I believe that there is a great equalizer in the game of football when you may not be, uh, necessarily, uh, at the talent level you want to be, or at the quality you want to be. I use this practice in video games. I use this practice in the way I arrange my fantasy football team. If I'm ever a head coach. I will always, always, always have a running quarterback. Always have a running quarterback. And the quarterback run game will always be a centerpiece of my offense. You've got a quarterback now in Logan Smothers who is facing an Iowa defense that has, right, created a lot of passing turnovers. But he's a runner. He's a runner. And he's 100% healthy. And it's time to unleash that screwy quarterback run game that seems to confound defenses. Logan Smothers is my pick to click because of a hundred plus yard rushing game. But yeah, every every run up the middle by the tailbacks, I know, goes for two yards, but we're gonna have some chunk gains from the quarterback position. That's okay. my pick to click. Alabama's own Logan Smothers. Well, you know what? what uh what do those chunk gains give Nebraska and Iowa for a final score, Jack Mitchell? I have got after the scoop and score. I have, and I, I, I honestly believe this. I can't say I believed it earlier this year. I've got Nebraska 24, Iowa 14. Wow. 10 point win. Convincing. We'll a backup quarterback though. Iowa is also playing their second string quarterback. It just never matters because all of their quarterbacks are basically the same BC. Who you got? Yeah, it, what Jack's point uh, about Smothers is an interesting one, too. If you think back to last year's game, um, McCaffrey uh, actually got loose a couple times where they got him basically by his shoelaces, yeah. uh, and he was a problem for Iowa. Uh, he was the leading back. rusher in that game. 
Yeah, I don't remember what the numbers were, but he he got in there and they he was a little bit of a headache. So I could I could see parts of that coming true. I'm going to I was going to pick Nebraska uh, with Adrian, and I'm just not sure now. I, it's more so the defensive injuries that have me concerned about Nebraska, though. It's if if Damian can go. Um, you know, I think the Caleb Tanner injury, if he's out, is pretty big deal because he's played quite somewhat quietly to some a pretty good season. And now you're down Doman and him and Phil Darius Payne. I just I just worry about it. So I'm going to I'm going to be this kind of the guy who puts cold water on it, says Iowa 24 to 20. All right. BC going Iowa 24 20. I am also going Iowa. I just don't know that I think Nebraska's defense can do this yet again. Uh, would would love to be wrong on it, but I will go Iowa 26, Nebraska 18. Brunts? Yeah, I, the, the defensive injuries scare me. Um, Adrian not being in there and the unknown of Logan Smothers concerns me. Nebraska's special teams continues to concern me in games like this. It's just – they're just dragging that boat anchor around, and it's it's just not good. So, I think it's going to be, once again, extremely close. I think probably a late special teams play by Iowa wins it. Iowa – I will say Iowa 22, Nebraska 20. Oh, God. I can't do that. I can't go through that. I can't yeah. – I, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I'm just telling you now. If Mike, if, if Brunson's prediction comes true and it's that close, and I just, I don't know what I'll do. That's all. That's you know, it. if if Nebraska wins that game though, and they're holding that trophy up for a four and eight team, it'll be nuts in that place. It will be. It'll be uh There'll be a lot. Oh my gosh, even, even when people are talking about joyful situations for Husker football, it's get it gets close, but not quite across the finish line. <laughs> he he didn't even he just froze for like yeah. two minutes. The picture he was about like, to paint. Like I was this. so excited. Was anyone else expecting Keith Duncan to join the Zoom and then blow a kiss to us <laughs> and then pop off? <laughs> I mean, that's that's just kind of the stuff that goes on around here. That is, yeah. I mean, that is some odd timing where that happened when he was do, just trying. Like, it, I know I've been saying I'm starting to believe there's some sort of higher force or curse happening. I think we might have just gotten some really interesting evidence. There's some <laughs> kind of a crackdown on even talking about this sort of a moment. It's like we're we're living in communist China, but they're cracking down on the joy of Nebraska fans. Well, we will find out if there will be joy. And of course, you can find that on Husker 24-7. Jack, thank you for joining us. You don't even have to wait to listen to the podcast. You got to experience it before everyone else. I'm kind of bummed. It's like part of my routine, though, and I don't want to. I, mean, I already did this now, so could you do another one with someone else that I could listen to? You have to go Should back you? though and listen, and you have to write down your oddly specific predictions. So when it hits, you can just like point at the paper at, to everybody that's sitting around you. Oh, like, there's probably a decent chance I would tweet about it if that happened. I'm obnoxious uh, about it when my stuff hits, so you're fine. Can't relate. You might also want to go back and listen because it could be the last time any of us ever hear from Brian Christofferson ever again. It seems like he vanished off the face of the earth. So the Husker Joy Police have come to take him for spreading propaganda. Wait, are we in the rapture? They're coming for us all. They will. If you say too much, 
they'll come for you. They thought they had taken about it just through results, but now they're concerned that the fire is spreading in the spoken word. Incredible. And now that's the next crackdown. <laughs> you can't even imagine happiness. L they've already taken care of it in real life. Now they're going to control it in our brains, sheeple. Incredible. All right. Uh, for Mike Schaefer, for Jack Mitchell, for Brian Christopherson, for Michael Brunts, we appreciate you listening all season. The Husker Hypecast will come back for the spring game, I am sure. We will catch you next spring. And, of course, the regular podcast will be available on, well, I don't know, sometime next week. we got to figure that out. There's still plenty of stuff to discuss. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.